Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to Le Beau Jeu interview. Today, delighted to have Alex Runison, the Dijon and Iceland goalkeeper with us. Alex, thanks for joining us. Um, if you, you could just take, take us back to, to last summer, and you had the opportunity to leave uh, Nordseeland in, in Denmark after three successful years there and moved to France. What were, what were your thoughts and, and why Dijon? Um, my thoughts were just, I, I needed to take a new step, uh, um, a step upwards in my career. And, and, um, so that was the reason why I, uh, yeah, why I want to leave, uh, Denmark in the first place. And then it was just finding the right, uh, the right club that would help me, um, yeah, help me keep on improving. And, uh, I felt that there was, there was a lot of interest, but for me, Dijon was the club that showed me the most interest throughout the uh, most time. And I think that's the main reason why, why uh, I chose the club. Yeah, coming to, coming to France, uh, it, it, it is a step up from the, from the league in Denmark. Has it been how you expected it to, to, to be in terms, of, in terms of the football? What, is, what has stood out? Has, has anything really surprised you? Um, no, I don't think that anything has really surprised me. I mean, I, I knew the league and I knew they had uh, quality players and, and uh, I mean, all the teams that are playing in the league are very good and I knew that when I came here. But um, I think probably the thing that surprised me the most was was um, how difficult it was in the beginning not being able to communicate with everybody. Um, mm. I, I thought I was prepared for it because, I mean, I had done it before when I moved from from uh, Iceland to Denmark in the beginning, but but obviously um, pretty much everyone there speaks English, so I could communicate with uh, with everybody, but but not in their own language. But it's still, I mean, I could talk to everybody in the locker room, and, and coming here, I I, um, I wasn't prepared, I think, for how difficult it can be when you don't speak the language. Um, but but for the rest on the pitch, I think there wasn't that many surprises. Like I said, I, I had seen a lot of games because I knew Dijon was following me for a long time. So I was preparing already uh, by watching watching a lot of different games on the French League on TV. And uh, so football-wise, not that many things surprised me. But but it's more, uh, I would say, in the, in the locker room. Yeah, how do you how do you, how do you handle that then? I mean, it, it's it's obvious. I've I've travelled a lot myself. It is difficult when you go to a to country where you. Where you can't really speak the language, it's 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 reverting back to kind of sign languages and a, and a bit of smiling and a, how, how, when you've got to communicate with your defenders as you had to do at the at the at the very start of the season, how did how did you overcome that problem? I mean, um, I was lucky because um, we have we have two guys that have been playing pretty much every game. Um, in the season that that are defenders that that speak very good English, so I could always communicate with them. Um, and they helped me pick up um, the French words that I need to know, you know, to be able to communicate like the easiest stuff, like left and right and okay. man on and and uh, in your man in your back or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. They helped me with the basic terms. Um, so on the pitch, I was able to manage, I think, because obviously, as you say, I I could just also use sign language and maybe just scream the name and then point and in the direction that I wanted him to go or, or stuff like that. But, but, um, I think, I think I was lucky that, that there were, that I had those two, uh, guys that were defenders that, that spoke good English that I could uh, communicate with and, 
And if I was in, in trouble, I could get the message across to them and they would get the message across to, to the guy it was intended to. Who who are the two guys, actually? It's uh, Cedric Yambere and uh, Osam Haddadi. Yeah, okay. They speak very good English. Okay. Both of them. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's other guys on the team that speak English, but those are the guys that, that have been playing pretty much all the games um, throughout the season. So... How how important is that? How important is that for a goalkeeper? The communication with his with his back four or back five. I mean, it's very important because we can we can um, with good organization we can um, stop many attacks from from becoming dangerous just by being positioned in the right way so that we can intercept um, yeah through passes or whatever it, it is so that attacks maybe don't become as dangerous as they can become. You, you certainly worked very well, uh, despite the language problems at the start of the season. I mean, it was an in, in, incredible start to the season. You yourself had a had a brilliant game at Montpellier on your on your on your Ligue 1 debut. Two more wins after that. After, at the end of August, you're second in the table to to Paris Saint Germain. It, you must have thought this this French football's easy. <laughs> um, no, I never thought it was easy, but I was very surprised that we could go. That we could go on on two such uh, difficult away pitches and and get uh, wins, especially when we played in Nice. It was, mm. I mean, Montpellier can always happen where where it's there's one goal, di- uh, where there's a one goal difference, and and you just need one good attack. And and uh, I mean, we missed a penalty as well, so so the win there wasn't maybe such a big surprise, even though they were a very good team. And then to go play uh, at home against Nantes, I mean, that I, they were very good at home, uh, Dijon last year, so I, I knew that. When we came with a win uh, in our backpack back to Dijon and were playing at home, we were always going to be favourites. So to have six out of six wasn't... I thought that was maybe just... yeah, You could say it's a little bit normal um, that that we were in that position, but then to go play against Nice and win them 4-0 away, that was, yeah, that was incredible. And then your mind starts drifting a bit, but, but you have to find the focus again. And I think maybe we took too, too long time doing that. Yeah, so, I mean, we had some problems afterwards. Yeah, there's some, yeah, some problems. It's a, a little bit of a, a an understatement. Twelve, I think it was twelve games uh, without a win, a complete, a complete reversal of, of fortunes. You, you talked about losing a, a little bit of focus. You think people? Did you get a little bit carried away, or did you did you perhaps think, or the, the team perhaps think that it was going to be a little bit easier than perhaps had been expected? It's difficult to say. I mean, I, I think. Nobody um, thought it was easy. Everybody was uh, conscious that that it, that it was going to be a very long and difficult season. But I think no matter who you are and 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 what team you're playing for, you're you're always going to get a little bit carried away by success, and that's that's normal. And maybe it just took too long for us to realize that 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 maybe we just got lucky in the first three games, and then we needed to to regroup and refocus, and and uh, yeah, it came back to bite us in the ass. I think. It led to a, a change in coach uh, at the around the around the turn of the around the turn of the the new year. Olivier Delalio Delalio being replaced by Antoine Comboare. What did he What did he bring in? What did What did What did he do differently? I think he just came with a little bit more ruthlessness. The old coach um, he had been I mean coach for a very long time and he had done a terrific job. Um, and um, he was always he's a very very good guy and I can't find anything negative to say about him but I think at this point in time we just needed someone who was just ruthless came and, and told the truth and 
made us realize that we had to fight for every every loose ball and and uh, win every every second ball and every fight on the pitch um, to be able to get results. Um, I think that's probably the main difference. Is 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 it more frustrating as a goalkeeper because you you can't go and win every ball? I mean, in the, in the midfield, you can't make those challenges. You can't take the chances at the opposite end of the pitch. You just have to kind of. I mean, how can you influence? How can you influence the the rest of the team's performance with your own performance? <laughs> it's it's a very difficult situation to be um, or to have as a goalkeeper because, as you say, you can as a goalkeeper you can't force the game to come to you. You have to wait yeah. until you have to wait until you're needed, and um, yeah, it can be very very difficult at times, especially when you maybe you just made a mistake or something, and you want to. You want to show the world that you're still a good goalkeeper or whatever, and 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 then you maybe don't touch the ball for another 85 minutes or whatever it is. Um, that can be very frustrating, but it's something you learn to deal with. Um, but if you want to influence your teammates, you can always just be positive on the pitch and 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 keep on talking and keep on organizing and and uh, give the other players a little bit security like that. But but otherwise, you just have to wait until the game comes to you, and when it comes, you have to be ready. You you were part of, of successful teams in in Iceland. You you were you were relatively successful too with with Nordjylland. This seems to me to be the first time that you've been in a team that's that's battling against relegation. I mean, there's there's always pressure at the top of the table when you're going for league titles, when you're going for cups and trophies. But is there even are you finding out now that there's even more pressure at the bottom of the table? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, I played in a very successful team when I was playing in Iceland, but I wasn't the first goalkeeper there. I was back up for uh, for uh, Hannes Thor Halterson, who was the first goalkeeper of, of the Icelandic national team, and has been for the last ten years. Um, so I didn't feel the pressure myself there. Um, and then when it came to Denmark, we are a team that nobody expects to to win. So there was, I think I can say, like there was not a lot of pressure on us there. Even though we always played good and we were never, we were never in in any trouble. I mean, we were fighting at the top of the league, but for Europe, not for trophies. Um, so coming here, it's a very difficult, a different situation. It's a very, yeah. Today, it's a very difficult situation because we're we're playing for not only our our futures ourselves, but but also for futures of um, of the people who are working for the club and and. Mm. Um, so it's a very different kind of pressure, and I think this one is is um, it's it's not it's not a nice kind of pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very different kind of pressure from when you're supposed to be winning, and this one is is yeah, it's it's uh, the easiest way to put it is it's not a nice kind of pressure. <laughs> Do you do you find yourself looking at the league table and looking at the games that you've got left to play and saying, we could we could get a point here, we should win this one, we might do we might do something in this game, or is that is that kind of a way to is, does that even create even more more problems for you for yourself? I think for me personally, I've tried to change that because a couple of weeks ago um, or a couple of months ago, I was doing that more and and then. And then I think we were struggling more because we were always going into games and thinking, okay, we're going to win this game because we we're not going to win the next game or whatever, and and, and that maybe caused a little bit more uh, frustration when then we didn't win the games. But now we're just going 
into one game at a time and and we've been we've been been getting better results like that yeah you mentioned i mean you mentioned the better results it, it it's it's been a big improvement in the last uh, last 3 weeks or so i mean you t- you talk about games that people didn't expect you to win you go to leon you go one down inside what 37 seconds something like that and then yes. but within within 7 minutes you're two one up and eventually you win three one you 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 beat you've beaten Ren as well uh, three goals both times against you know pretty pretty decent teams teams that have had the good good results in Europe this season as well it had been very difficult for for Dijon to to score goals at times this season is it is it even more frustrating to know that the team is capable of that sort of football but hasn't been able to produce it on a consistent basis of course it's frustrating but we can't think like that because we're in the situation we are today i mean we have to we have to focus on the future now we we can't focus on the on the past because i mean the, the past wasn't the past couple of months haven't been good for us uh, this past season hasn't been good for us so we have to focus on on the next 5 weeks to 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 hopefully be able to save um, to save uh, the team and, and keep our keep our spot in in the league how how optimistic how optimistic is everybody of, of doing that? I mean, this this run of form seems to come seems to have come just at the right time. Yeah, I mean, today everybody is is you can see it on the pitch and and you feel it in the locker room that everybody has more confidence now. So I think we have uh, I think we have a lot of belief that we uh, that we can that we can do this and and uh, we're going to go into every game um, to fight for fight for the points that are available to hopefully, uh, like I said, end the season in in, uh, in League One and play the next season in League One. Just a, a little a little bit about yourself. I, I saw a really nice tweet from you about your dad, who you, I think it was his birthday, and you, you wrote that he was the, the best role model that you that you could have had. And he's a, you know, I think he's the first Icelandic international to have more than 100 appearances for yeah. the country. What 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 sort of influence has, has had has he had on your career and and how long is it going to be till you're the most famous footballer in your family? Um, the influence that he's had on me is, is I can't put it in words. I think I mean to begin with he I grew up living this life as a professional footballer even though I wasn't playing myself I was around it every day so that prepared me a lot for for uh, this life because I mean people probably think that it's easy but it's 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 very, very difficult. It's tough mentally, and it, it's tough on on you and everybody around you. But mm. but having um, lived it when I was young definitely prepared me, and I think that's helped me reach the um, reach the level where I'm where I am at today. Um, and then all the all the talks that I can have with my family, like if I get in a position in the team where I'm not happy, or or if I'm not training good or whatever, then I can just talk to him i can call him and 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 uh, we can discuss everything because i he's been through pretty much everything i mean he played until he was 38 years old played 104 national team games and and, and played in four or five different countries so i mean he's been through it all and the amount of advice that he can give me is is yeah it's it's been a huge help for me and for my uh, career yeah, he he made the move to to Belgium and was 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 very successful with Lokeren, which is you know a similar kind of a similar kind of environment to to which you find yourself in now in in France. Was was that was that something that he was able to his experience there was he able to pass that on to you? 
Yeah, of course. Um, we, like I said, we discussed we discussed football a lot, and and when I was making the choice of which club I want to go to, we discussed this a lot as well, and and. Um, and he was able to give me good advice on, on what I could expect and what I shouldn't maybe expect. And, and I think together we made the right choice. And just a, a last question. You, you, you talked about having lived in this, this professional, almost a bubble of, of professional football for, for, for your whole life. But it, it still, it seems it doesn't, hasn't stopped you from, from looking beyond the, beyond the sport. And I, I saw that you're one of the players uh, who signed up with the, the Common Goal Initiative. Like I said in the tweet of how great a role model he is and, and my mother as well. I think I was just raised in that way that I, I'm supposed to, to care about others as well. And, and um, yeah, when I was playing in, in Denmark, I got the opportunity to work with Common Goal. And, and um, I, the first thing I did when I... When I heard about it, was called them, and they said, "Yeah, you're doing this." So I think that's just a question of of how I am raised and who I am raised by. Cool. I think it's it's, it's really great that you've 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 signed up with uh, with Juan Mata and and his initiative. There, it's it's a, a really good thing that you've you've done for as you say for everybody outside the sport using football as a as a as a vehicle for that. And I want to thank you for your time again, Alex, and all the best. For you and for Dijon for the rest of the season, and we'll be keeping your finger, keeping our fingers crossed for you. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time. Thanks, okay. Dave. Bye bye. Yeah, bye bye.